you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. So the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about love. Love. What a wonderful concept, right? And the world didn't come up with that concept. (laughs) And because the world didn't come up with that concept, the world shouldn't be able to define that concept. Right? So we're going to look at definitions of love, what it means to love, where love comes from, and then how do we do that like Jesus? Like Jesus. How do we love like Jesus? You know, I love... A lot of things. But I think we should love God first, love our neighbor as ourself, love our spouse if we're married. And all of those words that we use love, like I love pizza, I love ice cream, I love football, I love, well, what is love? You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but before we look at that, I want to read the definition that is on the internet. I found this now. There's a number of different sources that I looked at, but uh, they all point to this, this one thing. An intense feeling. Everybody say feeling. <laughs> feeling. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> Some don't even recognize that song. Well, it doesn't help if I'm singing it, right? <laughs> I don't know the key, but an intense feeling of deep affection, fondness, some, uh, some, some different words to describe love, tenderness, warmth, intimacy. A second definition is a great interest and pleasure in something. A great interest. I love that. Our pleasure. And then here's, here's a verb, the verb meaning of love, that the world says, feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. Love. To be in love with, to be infatuated with, to be smitten with. <laughs> love. What is this thing called love? Crazy little thing called love. <laughs> How many songs were written I wish I knew how many songs were written about love, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read what I almost feel like I'm performing a marriage ceremony because we always go to 1 Corinthians 13 during the marriage ceremony. So 1 Corinthians 13, we'll just, we'll just, listen, I I know we start in verse 4 normally where we're describing love, but let's, let's kind of move in from verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can only fathom all mysteries, or I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. 
if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then the famous passage here, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. And then the last, uh, these next three words are on uh, um, verse, verse 8. And you know the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse, right? Men kind of separated it where they thought it should be separated. But then it says love never fails. So if we say that we love, that we choose to walk in this God kind of love consistently, then we will never fail. But there's so many different attributes here, characteristics of love, that it kind of forces us to measure ourselves up with this verse. And the first thing we do when we measure ourselves up with this list of attributes of love is we, we think, that's not me. How could I ever do that, all of that, all the time? But see, our heart, it, it wants to do that all the time. Because we're created in the image of God. And we're going to read a scripture here in a minute that says God is love. So if God is love, how can a feeling be love? If God is love and the world doesn't know God, how can they describe God? If God is love. So we either believe what the Bible says about love or we believe what the world says about love, right? And there's a big disparity. There's a big difference between what God says is love and how he defines love and what the world says is love and how they define love. And I'm just telling you, in the world today that we're living in, even the world is redefining love. Have you found that to be true? The world redefines love to mean that you have to agree with me before you love me. If you love me, you're going to agree with me all the time. And when the moment you start disagreeing with me, and if you disagree with me, you're disrespecting me. And because you're disrespecting me, you're not loving me. And immediately the walls go up. And offense is already there. Because you don't agree with me. But listen, if God is love all the time, and he loves me all the time, there's some times God doesn't agree with me. (laughs) When I'm not doing what he's told me to do and acting the way that he's told me to act, he doesn't agree with me. But 
The great thing is that he still loves me. Because he's God. And we're going to see that over the next four weeks. God is love and he loves us. And because he puts his, his love in us, and only because he puts his love in us, we can love others. We have no ability in ourselves to love anybody else. Human love is bankrupt. It always falls short. It never accomplishes what we want it to accomplish. And so, let's keep looking at what love looks like. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And verse 22. Verse 22 and verse 23. The new, amplif- uh, new, <laughs> new international version. We have so many versions and so many acronyms for NLT and AMP and NIV and ESV. And Are we rich in Bible translations <laughs> in the English language? And... You may have your favorite, but listen, it's good to read in, in, in many different of these English so that you can get the full import of the word, full importance of the word. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Yes. Notice that the word fruit there in that verse is sing, singular. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. Now, many people say, well, that is the Holy Spirit, but no, that is your spirit is it a capital S? Is it a, a small S? What, what, what is this verse talking about? If, if we back up and not dissect it so finely, minutely, we can see that God, who is a spirit, and he is love, he operates in these forces. I like to call, instead of fruit of the spirit, I like to call it the force, a force of the spirit. There's a force of love. It's a power. It's a spiritual power that is stronger than hate. The spiritual power of love is stronger than hate. The spiritual power of joy is stronger than sadness or depression. Right? The spiritual force of peace is stronger than confusion. Right? The, the, the spiritual force of forbearance. Now, forbearance is an interesting word. It means to love before love is even needed. Or forgive. Let me say forgive. Forgive before forgiveness is even needed. To already predetermine ahead of time that I'm going to forgive you for something you, you haven't even done yet. That's very, that's mature and it's powerful. By the way, today's, the the title of today is Forgiving Sinners. Forgiving Sinners. And if you want to look at the notes, you can always go to lifeway.church forward slash 02-02-20. First time that's happened, right? 020220. It'll be the only time that happens. So we're talking about the force of love, and love incorporates joy. Love includes peace. Love includes forbearance. Love includes kindness. 
Love includes goodness. Love includes faithfulness and it includes gentleness and it includes self-control. It's like an orange and you've got slices in the orange and the, the orange is love. But then part of that is joy, peace, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control. Right? So God is love. We're going to look at another scripture. We see in 1 Corinthians the characteristics of love. We see in Galatians 5 the fruit or the force of, of love coming from our heart because that's where love comes from. It doesn't come from our mind, right? Love is a, a, a thing of the heart. It comes from the inside. It flows to the outside. Love is a thing of the heart. Even the world knows that. That is a thing of the heart. That's why the heart, you know, they do the, I don't know how they do it, like this or, I don't know. And you, I need my wife to do the other part of the heart and, you know, the, the great pictures that we have of love and it's a heart, but it comes from the heart, but it, it's a power that, that flows from the, the very center of our being. Why? Because God wants it to come from the inside so that it's not limited by the outside. Let me say that again. The love of God that comes from the inside is not limited by what's going on on the outside. We can't be moved by what we see. We have to be moved or led by the inward love of God that lives and abides in us. So here's the third scripture that, that tells us or shows us what love looks like. 1 John 4, 7. And we're going to go all the way to verse 12. But we're going to stop after verse 8. Here's 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Not from the flower shop or the candy store. Right? Amen. Or the bed. Amen. Let's just go there. <laughs> right? Not. Because love doesn't live in the bed. Amen. Love isn't expressed in the bed. Uh, I, I, I never even understood the word, uh, the, the phrase, make love. God is love. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm straining over words a little bit, but let the Bible say what the Bible says. And, and, and people try to express something that comes from God. God is love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone that loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God, everybody say, God is love. God is love. If God is love, then anything that is considered love has to be identified by God. Right? He is the one that shows us what love is. Jesus came and he walked on this earth and what he did, all that he did, he showed us how to love. Because he loved us. In fact, in verse 9, it says this, 1 John 4, 9. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So let me pause here and say, don't think you're doing God a favor by loving him. (laughs) It's good that we love him, but you're not doing him a favor by loving him because he already beat you to it. (laughs) He already beat you to it. God doesn't owe you love. He's already given you his love. And he'll never take it back. He'll never forsake you or leave you. Right? Jesus said, no man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. Why? Because God's love is unconditional and eternal. And it's hard for us to understand that. But God asks us to operate in that. To, to, to live in that. And it takes faith to do that. Right? And God has great faith toward us. He believes in us. Every time he tells you, I love you, it's not because you're good. It's because he's good. God loves you not because you're good. He loves you because he's good. Isn't that good? (laughs) This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's the connection. We are connected. We are connected with those who were created by God. Not just the ones that like us. Not just the ones that believe like us. Because people were created in the image of God, we are Commanded to. I know that's a strong verb, but we are commanded to love people. Regardless of what they look like, where they came from, what kind of education they have, what kind of political uh, beliefs they have, what what side of the aisle they sit on, or which Super Bowl team they're going to root for in just a few hours. Listen... There is so much hostility. I mean, people are getting upset at people who are rooting for the, the, the team that they're not rooting for. Who are you rooting for? Uh, wh- whichever team wins, that's the one I'm rooting for. And it may change in the fourth quarter <laughs> at the last possession, right? <laughs> I, had to, I had to repent when, when, when Atlanta should have won that Super Bowl a few years ago. I was so mad. I'm like, man. And then I thought, Lord, this is not right. (laughs) We were watching it right here. And there was somebody that was from that other team. I won't mention that other team. Lest I have to repent again. But love (laughs) is, is, is a verb. It's a choice. It's an action. Right? It's not a feeling. It's not uh uh, circumstantial, it's not an emotion, it's not shallow, it's deep. It's a choice. And verse 11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but, it, but, but if we love one another, God lives in us, 
And his love is made complete in us. That is so powerful. That the love of God flowing from us and living in us on a daily basis shows the world that Jesus was sent from the Father and that we, we are brothers and sisters. This is so important because the world is looking at the church and they see such division in the church over, over things that we shouldn't be divided over. And they're pointing the finger and saying, huh, you, you guys say that you, you have love, but then you can't even get along with one another. How is that going to draw anybody to God? We say we're children of God and we're supposed to love one another, but then we find out What's so different and we divide? Is this, this hitting anybody besides me? <laughs> Lord, show us. Show us how to love. Show us. We've got to remember that love has the power to save. He saved us when we didn't deserve it. Love is a power and it has the power to heal. He healed us when we didn't deserve it. Before we ever needed healing, he healed us. Love has the power to forgive. He forgives us of things we forgot that we did against God. He'll remind us. Remember that? that you did? If you're open, he'll remind you. And you say, Lord, show me where I've, where I've, where I've hurt you, where I've hurt your... Where I've disobeyed your word, show me, and he will, he will show you. And we've forgotten about it. We didn't even see it. But he'll remind us, and he already forgave us. And he'll restore us, and he'll heal us. The power of love sets free. Sets us free. His power of, of grace and love sets us free. The power of love changes us. Changes us. So here's my definition of love. God. God. And then not only God, but God who empowers us to be like him so that we can do what he does. Because he is love, he always loves, and he gives us the power to love like he loves. And people see Jesus in us. They see the Father in us because we choose to love them when they're unlovely. Just as God loves us when we're unlovely. When we don't deserve it. Remember, God loves you not because you're good, but because God's good. He saves you not because you're good, but because he's good. He heals you, not because you're good, but because he's good. He sets you free, not because you're good, but because he's good. (laughs) God changes us, not because we're good or we deserve it, but because he's good. He loves you. His, His love is greater than our feelings. His love is greater than our hurt, our pain, our disappointment. Our grief, his, his love is greater than our bitterness. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know what people have done to you. But let's look at this in Luke 23. 
Jesus went through a lot for us. Because he loved us. We just read in 1 John chapter 4 where he showed his love because Jesus came and he died for us. We have to be reminded constantly, every day, how much Jesus paid for us. This price that he paid for us. Luke 23, 32 says, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. To be crucified. This was shameful. This was horrible. Not only did they crucify Jesus, they made a spectacle of him. They tore his skin. They beat him. They drug him in front of everyone. Making a shame of him. Despising him. Jeering him. Spitting in his face. Tearing his hair. He was hurt. He was in pain. He was in grief. He was being executed. Verse 33 says, When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there. Along with the criminals. (laughs) That's how much they thought of him. No dignity. One on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said this, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. What great love in forgiveness. And like I said, I don't know what, what you've been through, where you've been. Maybe it's through divorce. You know, they've, they've said that divorce is like, it's like living hell because that other person that has hurt you is still alive somewhere. I don't know. Thankfully, I've been married for over 30 years now. But my parents did divorce. And so I, I do feel the pain. I did walk through some of that. I don't know if maybe you were abused as a child, physically or sexually. I'm not sure where, where you've been or what, what, what you've experienced in your life, but I know that Jesus experienced all of that and more and more. He had to in order to get to that place where he said, Father, forgive them. He had to go there. Guys, and when we, we don't think God understands and we think we're the only ones that are... In experiencing this, Jesus is there with you. Giving you the power of love in order to say the very same thing he did. Father, forgive them. That's how powerful love is. And it's a decision. It's not based on a feeling. The power of forgiveness is not given because people deserve it. Here's how we operate forgiveness. Number one, we pray for those who hurt us. Pray for those who hurt us. If you're taking notes, pray for those who hurt you. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus said this. 
you have heard that it, that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, he's, making a, he's, he's, he's lifting the level of the law of love. He says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, he made that statement before he was on the cross. And when he was on the cross, he fulfilled what he was teaching. He showed them what to do after he taught them how to do it. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Has someone hurt you? Has someone devastated you? Has someone betrayed you? Pray for them. Has someone taken advantage of you? Pray for them. How can you tell? How, people ask, ask me sometimes, how can you tell if, I, if I'm still unforgiveness? Un if you keep talking about it. If you keep telling that story about how you were wronged and how you were hurt. And, and it seems as real today as it did however long ago it was. Guys, all of us have been there, and some of us are still there. But pray. Pray for your friend who lied about you or stole money from you, in my case. I've, I've dealt with some things. You know, it wasn't just 10 bucks, a few thousand or more. Pray for the boss that mistreated you. Pray for the child that abused you. Pray for the friend that let you down or the parent that left you. My prayer for others may not change them, but it always changes me. And so that forgiveness... That first step of forgiveness is pray for those who hurt you. Pray through your feelings. We're not denying that the feelings are there, but we're looking past them. We're looking past the feelings to pray for someone. And that prayer changes us. And because Jesus did it, guess what? We can do it. With the same power that he had, the same grace he had, that comes from the same love that he is, because he lives in us. If he told me to do it, he's going to help me do it. Jesus has never asked me to do anything that he didn't give me the power to do, because he's a just heavenly father. Right? He's just. The second step that we need to take in forgiveness is forgive as you've been forgiven. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Colossians 3.13 says, Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Well, that includes all of us. <laughs> And today, in 2020, people will let you know the grievance they have against you. Right? 
you have to be just sensitive to just kind of step out of the way and, and kind of hold your tongue anymore because people are so, they're triggered. And there's so much offense. People are looking to be offended. Guys, the days that we're living in are, are filled with strife and hatred. And so we have to walk wisely so that we don't find ourselves in, in a place of crossfire, literal crossfire. As I, I just jumped back in the chaplaincy with the police department and I met one of the guys, a, a corporal up at uh, Gwinnett County Police Department and he was talking about a homicide that took place at an intersection just down the road because of road rage. Can you imagine just a mile down the road here? And I'm saying that because I am your pastor and because there's an intersection a mile down the road that this happened at. Guys, we may live in a wonderful, beautiful community, but people are triggered. They're, they're at the edge of losing everything. And so we need to be sensitive. And we need to love our neighbor and be respectful and be wise at the same time. Forgive one another. Uh, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13. Forgive as the Lord. Say this with me. As the Lord, as the Lord has, forgiven me, has forgiven me, I will forgive. And so... If we're going to forgive like we've been forgiven, we need to look back at how we've been forgiven. Daily. Recognize how much God loves you and how much He has forgiven you. Jesus did what He did for you. If it would have been only you on the earth, He still would have done it. <laughs> he loves you so much. We have to intentionally remind ourselves how much God forgave us. Sometimes we, we do. We don't need to live at the cross, but sometimes we just need to go and look at the cross. It's, it's different to look at the cross than live at the cross. We're not sorry that Jesus hung on a cross, but we need to see him as he hung on the cross. Because he experienced grief and sorrow. And he understands what we go through. But he went through it. Again, because he prayed, Father, forgive them. And the only way that we can go through what we're going through sometimes is we, we, we say, Father, forgive them. For they really don't understand what they're doing. And we have to say that by faith. It's not by feelings, guys. If you wait till you have the feeling, it'll never happen. You know, they say that unforgiveness is like drinking poison, poison and hoping that the other person dies. And it is. The more we hold on to that bitterness and resentment, the more it, it eats at us. And people can actually physically in their bodies have diseases. The Bible talks about the, our bones drying up from bitterness. And you know, the bone is where the blood is made. And so, 
We have to forgive. Ephesians chapter 4, our last, our last verse here. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another. You know, the thing about kindness is you have to have somebody to be kind with. People say, well, I like them because they're so kind. Well, how do they know that? Because they tasted that kindness. They've experienced that kindness coming to them. I like them. You, you draw people to you when you're kind and you're considerate. And you let them talk sometimes. I know I, I, know I get off on that a little bit. But how do people know that you love them unless you listen to them? Because people, genuinely, people want to share their heart. Right? And so one way of being kind and considerate is just say, hey, how are you doing? How are, genuinely, how are you doing? Not like, okay, how, how are you doing? I've got a minute and a half here, so make it quick. Be kind and considerate to one another. I mean, love is expressed in many different ways. We have to be intentional about love, guys. It doesn't just happen. Listen, everybody's got a full agenda. We're moving so fast. We've got to take time to love one another. Forgiving one another. Forgiving one another. This is the way we love one another. Forgive one another. Whether that person ever comes to you and says, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you forgive them. When you recognize that there is offense coming because Jesus said offense always comes when someone doesn't meet up to your expectations because that's the definition of offense when someone doesn't do what I expect them to do or doesn't do what they said that they were going to do. That opens the door for offense. But if we're quick to recognize that and we're quick to forgive them and by saying, Father, forgive them, you forgive them, I forgive them. I walk in love with that person. Then we, we release the bitterness. We release the strife. And we walk with God. And our fellowship is undisturbed with Him. So forgiving someone won't change the past. But it can change your future. So let's bow our head and close our eyes and I'm going to just lead us because I, I really sense that there's somebody today that needs to say, okay, today's the day. The past is the past. At last, I'm forgiving. And again, let me remind you, forgiveness is, is not a feeling. We don't wait until we feel like forgiving. It is something we choose to do. Because God lives in us. His love is shed abroad and are poured forth into, into our heart by the Holy Spirit. And He wants us to pour that love out of our heart toward other people. Heavenly Father, I just pray for people right now, maybe here in this room, maybe watching or listening, that have been dealing with a terrible situation. Only they know about it. Lord, but 
Today's the day that they choose to forgive and choose to walk free from the bitterness, the strife. So Father, I just pray that we take that step right now and release that person and choose to forgive and choose to walk free. We make that decision. If you want to pray this morning and you want to be free of that bitterness, that anger, hatred, those thoughts and feelings, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just just words to help you. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, I choose from my heart filled with your love to forgive and you just say that person's name there I choose to forgive that person Lord choose to forgive them say this with me right now I choose to forgive them And walk free from the hatred and bitterness, from the strife and the stress. I leave it in the past. Forgive me for holding it and holding them. And I ask you to forgive them. Jesus name. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church/give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.